Opa Gundam style, everybody, and welcome to Wow Cool Robot, a show about Gundam. It is a very, very special time of the year. The snow is falling, black ice is all over the road, making me continually almost beef it every single morning getting out of my car. Uh, and we're not talking about Zeta anymore. We're talking about Zeta 2! Double? Du- double? Twice it's the two Zeta? Of them. It's twice the Zeta, twice the host, because Colin and Sarah, I've jettisoned them out into space. They're floating there. I'll swing back around in, like, March or so to pick them back up for a special movie. In the meantime, though, I... It, I was, you know, flying through space in my spaceship as I do, and I noticed a, a, an ejected uh, escape pod that was popped out by a mobile suit a while back, and I, and I salvaged it. I grabbed it and brought it inside my ship, and I opened it up, and who did I find inside but my current co-host for Double Zeta? Hi, Jake. Hey, Max. How are you, Jake? Welcome. Welcome to the show. Oh, I'm, I'm so happy to be out of that pod. It was uh, very <laughs> cramped in there. I, yeah. There was no bathroom. There was no food. It's not. You're just kind of chilling. Uh, yeah, just uh, you know, thank God for spacesuits and their their special uh, their special stuff. But uh, yeah, <laughs> we're here to talk about Mobile Suit Gundam Double Zeta. I think what throws me off a lot is that you know the first Gundam series was called Mobile Suit Gundam, right? The second Gundam series is called Mobile Suit Zeta Gundam, um, but this is actually called Mobile Suit Gundam ZZ or Double Zeta. Which is, I don't know why they changed that naming convention. And I would imagine the Double Zeta comes first, but oh, whatever. We know what it is. It's Double Zeta. It's the one uh, with with Judao in it, a different boy that we already know and love and is a wonderful time. Um, <laughs> I guess I, I, we, there's not a whole lot of backstory for this. Uh, it was made in 86. It was like, like we mentioned a couple weeks back on this show, this aired the week after Zeta ended. So it's like, you know, it's... This more of a sequel series, I guess, than Zeta is to 0079 because it's like, yeah, it is it is continuing the plot from Zeta, which is cool. Made in 1986, you know, Tomino directed it, the main Gundam guy. It's the third Gundam series. Um, strangely enough, though, Jake, it's not anime. It is not anime. It's not anime. Many are saying this anime Janai, and I think that that I think that's going to be what the robot says in the episode art for the for the rest of the series. <laughs> yes. I mean, you know, first, we all know war is bad, and, of course, um, Earth is bad in, in, in this. And I guess we're not really AUG anymore, we're just a bunch of kids. So now we really gotta, we really gotta stick it to the man and say, it's not anime. We all know it. It's transcended what anime has it, it's it It's truly taken what anime can be and sort of crumpled it up and dropped it on a junk heap inside a space colony. <laughs> they cranked it up to double. They 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 simply <laughs> multiplied it by two, and this is what happened. It's like <laughs> anime is just pushing the limits, and if you double anime, boom! It just it just everything explodes, and it's no longer anime. Um, I feel like I probably should have gotten a soundboard or something so I can do the new type flashes myself, but I will just add them in post, and we'll have to pretend that we hear them. <laughs> um, I mean, I'll for for our segment today, Jake. I'll give you. I'll, I'll we'll have a little bit of interview for you, and you can speak on your history of Gundam after we talk through these episodes, because I don't really have any other segment planned for this one. So I think, without further ado, we can start talking about this show and what we've seen this week. Does that sound good? Sounds fantastic. Right on. So we are jumping in to Mobile Suit Gundam Double Zeta, Episode One. Prelude of ZZ. Or, is, prelude? Prelude? 
I don't know how to pronounce this word. I I always say prelude. Prelude. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's well confirmed. We're we're always right. Tomato. Tomato. <laughs> tomato. Tomato. Prelude. Prelude. Potato. Potato. Um. This episode isn't really an episode, Jake. <laughs> it's 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 not an episode, and it's not anime. It's not. It's not an episode. <laughs> God, it's getting so metaphysical. It's no longer even giving us episodes. <laughs> um, it's a, it's a. Oh yeah, I guess. Um, here's the episode summary that I always do. Um, clip show. That's it. <laughs> it's just a clip show, ki- kind of, kind of, right? There's some neat stuff in there. Yeah, the episode gives us sort of like Universal Century lore, and it gives us a very wonderful segment I'm excited to talk about. But for the most part, if you've seen Zeta. You know what happens, right? You don't gotta get the whole thing. There are a couple of new scenes to kind of uh, lynch or kind of uh, kind of stitch the two series together. Yeah, it, it does. It's this is important. Like this is the most important clip show episode I've seen of any show because it gives <laughs> it it adds stuff. It's like it's not necessary viewing, but you should watch it anyway, right? There's like you don't really have a reason not to. I guess is what I'm meaning to say. Um, the, the the main sort of um. Well, so this one starts out, right? We're seeing space, and essentially what it is, it gives us a sort of abbreviated history of the universal century, wherein we're in space, right? Due to overpopulation, um, which is not real, um, people had to go to space. They had to start they had to start building space colonies. Um and I think what they say in the actual episode is that um like when the population in space hit forty million, that's when the universal century began. I yes. guess Look, personally, if it were up to me, I would have waited about 29 more million and then we can start it and kick it off. But, you know, I get that's why I'm not in charge, I guess. <laughs> I uh, I have on in my notes here that uh, they, they showed they, they also kind of start talking about how the uh, um, how the mobile suits came to be. Yeah, that's I, I like that. The colonies were able to be made because of these powered spacesuits. And I was like, those look like <laughs> modern day mech suits like like have you seen that clip of jeff bezos in a robot suit i try to avoid looking <laughs> at him um i can picture it well enough in my mind that i refuse to look it up myself <laughs> i was i i it was forced upon me and i was terrified but it, this, that is what this reminded me of yeah it, it, the, the show sort of outlines that at in order to build these space colonies and you know we've talked i talked about space colonies in the first episode of this whole show right it's um not it's oh god what is it called it's not a dyson sphere it's a something cylinder where essentially you know the cylinder spins gives you artificial gravity and that's how they grow things and there's mirrors reflecting the sunlight in listen to this whole podcast if you want to hear more on that but yeah they they talk about (laughs) how the colonies were built with uh these like sort of powered spacesuits and they eventually developed those into like mobile workers which are think of like the ride armor for Mega Man x sort of um yes yeah right and and as (laughs) As is the folly of humanity, they thought, wait a minute, we can kill someone with these. Let's do that, but more, and make them bigger, and make them 20 meters tall. I don't see a problem here. Yeah, I don't I don't know, man. The, the robots are pretty cool, so I think we can give this one a pass. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check this off on my list. <laughs> um, and, you know, it details how Side 3 became the... Fed- the um, Principality of Xeon, wage war on mankind. They did a little, a little oopsie whoopsie and dropped an entire colony onto like the entirety of Australia. Oops. I think, um, I haven't seen the origin. Have you seen Mobile Suit Gundam the origin, Jake? Oh, yes. Okay. Um, I think from what I know, basically that they didn't plan to drop it on Australia. I think they had a different target. That sounds right. It's been a while. Yeah. That does sound correct. 
we'll cover it on the show at some point. But yeah, um, they, it ended up dropping on like Sydney, Australia, I think, and like that entire continent is just kind of a big old crater. You'd love to see it. Um, and that's you know what kicked off the one year war and the Mobile Suit Gundam 0079 happened, and then. It talks about the Grips conflict in Zeta Gundam. And again, listen to this this dang old podcast to hear about that. It's the <laughs> Grips conflict. Uh, they're talking about how the Titans came to be. They had, you know, nearly unlimited resources. Jamatov Hyman led them. And, and then it has an interesting sort of line here where it says, Some say the age produced new types to reform man. And oh, I... Really I like that. Yeah, I, I heard that, and I just immediately withered to dusk, so I was like, this can't, this show can't, this show can't, I've been talking about new types so much, Jake, this show can't go off the bat talking about how, like, the inevitability of the evolution of mankind, give me at least a couple episodes, but <laughs> thankfully, that was, that was more of a throwaway line to scare me, personally, because it's episodes <laughs> don't have a whole lot to say otherwise. Um, what else happens in here? Um, uh, they, they talk about Amro for a little bit, and they're like, yeah, you know, the boy. They're like, he grew into an invincible warrior. And I just have in my notes in all caps, um, like, I don't like that. He, he became a new type and grew into an invincible warrior. Yeah. I, th- I think, I think, um, maybe personally for me, Jake, I'm not a fan of the whole new type equals killing machine. Maybe, maybe we're better off without new types. Just give Ooh. me the robot, take the weapons away and let me just fly it around a bit. That's, you know. I'll be, I'm, yeah. I'm a simple man. That's all I want. Just a 20 meter tall nuclear powered robot. Yeah, that's all. I mean, I guess, you know, actually, I'll, I'll keep, keep the beam sabers on it. Yeah, I don't need missiles, cool. but I, I would, I like a beam saber, Jake. It would be cool to play with. It just, it would say, it would simply be a fun little toy for me. <laughs> just, <laughs> you know? just a simple little toy. <laughs> just a, a fun treat. <laughs> um, we, we get a bit of more clips. Uh, we see Fa Yuri. Hashtag justice for Fa, reminiscing on Camille, because as we know, at the end of Zeta, Camille... Um, oh yeah, by the way, um, we're going to assume you've seen... You, the audience, have seen Zeta for this show, so like, I guess spoilers inbound. I don't know why you would jump in at double Zeta if you don't already know what happens in the first series, but... You know, end of Zeta, Camille, uh, Paptimus throws vampire blood into his brain, and then he sort of just hangs out, and he's like kind of comatose, sort of vegetative. Um, and like, Fa's reminiscing on him and thinking about, you know... We always argued, but, you know, we still like each other. And I'm sad that he liked a different girl. And I would just like, all right, so fast forward past this part. I'm tired of it. And, you know, we see we see our wonderful friend for Murasame, who is fated to die, cyber new type, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We get a, we get a fun flashback within a flashback of, like, you know, <laughs> four, four dying with Camille. And then Amaro's like, it's happening again because we get a flashback to 0079 when Lala was killed. And it's just it's like, okay, yeah. I, ne- next, please. We've all been Freaking there. Freaking shows. Come on! But then we get some really cool things. Because we get, we sort of come to the present, and the narrator is like, when will the hopes of those lost in battle ever be fulfilled? And I'm like, okay, are we going to get some content? Kinda. <laughs> uh, yeah, we get we get to see uh, Bright t- talking to Fa, and uh, he kind of tells us like, oh yeah, we're going to, to side one to get him to some of the best doctors. Kind of giving us like a little bit of a setup. It's like when um, rich Americans who want to circumvent the insurance system in America fly to, like, Europe or South America to get their <laughs> surgeries. It's like, damn, again, it's like accidental modern social commentary. That's exactly why I watch Gundam. Hell yeah. <laughs> but then, Jake, we get a little cut-in to the greatest segment this show has ever seen. What makes this clip show necessary, we get the state-of-the-art mobile suit catalog. 
Oh my god, it was great. And we even get a little game. We get to play a game. The geniuses over at Sunrise decided that, I don't know if it was called Sunrise back then, um, but they're like, what if we did Who's That Pokemon but Gundam, and also we did it first. <laughs> That's what I have in my notes. That's exactly what I wrote it's, down. It's, it's Who's That Pokemon. It's so good. We see, we see like, because I, I guess for some historical context, right, this is when Gunpla started getting big. People, you know, decided to buy the plastic models of all these wonderful robots friends. And now they're like, we're going to make a trillion dollars off of this. We might as well acknowledge it in the show. Because every time they show a robot in this segment, it's like a whole bio of the pilot and like some fun facts about the machine. And I'm just like hooting and hollering the entire time. It's so good. <laughs> it was great. What is what is the first robot we see? The first one is the Hyaku Shiki. Shiki. Mm, a minion and man. A minion man. And I wrote down on my notes that I did get that one. I did yeah, get that yeah, question too, correct. Me too. They, they say, like, um, do you know who pilots this? And the kids... So, so the whole time, right? It's the narrator of the show and the two um, war orphans, Shinta and Kum, like, playing off the narrator. So, and, like, th- this is the realization of Shinta and Kum's role, right? As a sort of wall-breaking, like, Greek play uh, character talking to the narrator about the show. And I'm just like, this is so good because the narrator asks them, do you know who pilots the Hyakushiki? And they're like, it's obvious. It's like, yeah, you all know it, Char. Come on. <laughs> Hell yeah. And, you know, we, we it's like, you know, Char's colors as these Quattro Bajina are now gold for Ayuk. And I'm like, yeah, dude, it looks so cool. They don't, they don't comment that the gold is actually an anti-beam reflective coating, but that's okay. I can live with that. <laughs> um, did you get the second mobile suit they showed us? I didn't. I did not get the Richard Diaz. The R- Richard in parentheses Bartolomeu Diaz um, I got it because I know that little chunky shape anywhere I know that weird little <laughs> stubby head and as, as we gave in um, trivia in the first day of the episode this little fool is named after the real life of explorer Bart- Bartolomeu Diaz who like was the dude who sort of moved around the Cape of Good Hope in Africa and I'm just like <laughs> Gundam's so stupid I love it <laughs> I love it so much we get a little um little little snippet on the Mark II and the G Defensor, which is super Gundam when it's combined together. Um Did you and then they start talking about the transformable Titan suit. Did you catch the very funny sort of like Japanese pun that they threw in there that was like translated well enough for us? Uh, I guess I I guess not. I didn't write it down at least. Mm. So they, they show off the gap plant, they show off the Hambarabi, the bound dock, which some people consider the most beautiful suit. And yeah, <laughs> I agree. Thick, thick, thick thighs save lives. Love an avocado thing. I do have in my notes to ask you about the bound dock. I was like, the I wonder what dock, he thinks. I I love the bound dock. It's so good. It's just a weird, like, bug, dog, thick thigh, big booty machine. I love the bound dock. It is like, it is an S-tier mobile suit for me. Hell yeah. I'm going I'm to I'm buy one for myself after Christmas. Who can possibly say? <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and then they start talking about the Psycho Gundam. And I think Kum is like, oh, it's the Psychodo Gundam. And Psychodo in Japanese means dice. But, you know, Psychodo, like, no, it's the Psycho Gundam. So it's like, oh, it's a funny pun. And it's like, oh. it's one of those things where it's not funny when you read it, but you appreciate that they went to the effort to explain it to you anyway, you know? Okay, I I did catch that. I just didn't realize that that's what uh, they were actually going for there. Yeah, again, it's very clunky and not funny, um, like, you know, within the context. But on paper, I'm like, you know what? Thank you for trying, Gundam. Like, thank you for trying the the translators who have, like, done this. By the way, I don't... This There's not, like, an existing English dub of this show. Jake and I are both watching the sub because we can't really find an English dub. And it just doesn't really exist. You can find clips of it. And I, have you have you seen clips of this show dub, Jake? I have not, but um, 
It's not good. Going from what I saw, Sun, uh, Sunrise is just like, let's throw it in the trash. Get it, it out of it's, here. It's really not great. Like, the, whoever voices Judao, his line delivery, it's like, it reminds me of the English of a Persona 5 where they, like, put emphasis on the wrong syllables, but he's <laughs> speaking in English as an English speaker, so it makes it even, like, all the more baffling. Oh, man. I, I need to look these up. I love me. I love me a bad dub. Yeah, yeah, if you just search, like, double Zeta English dub, you might be able to find it. I'll probably, if I remember to, I'll link it in the show notes, because it's it's bad enough that everyone should see it. Hell yeah. Uh, let's see, what else happens? We They they finally say that the Q-Blade uses funnels, which is wonderful. You have a Q-Blade, I believe. I do. That was my first uh, Master Grade. Mm, that's already, like, a big-ass suit, too. That must have been uh, a, a hefty beast of a machine. It was great. The, the only part that was, like, a pain at all were getting the funnels put together because uh, they're eedy eedy beedy and there is like 30 of them yeah it's like you know <laughs> you gotta you really gotta sh- shove all that butt up in the tail but it's it's i'm sure it's reflective of the actual struggle of <laughs> fitting psychomu <laughs> technology into real mobile suits so you know yeah. it, it, it it fits the lore we'll say <laughs> um and then we get um oh okay, okay, okay. the last part of the mobile suit thing is like they're talking about what's the what's the greatest suit in all of Zeta Gundam? And they're like, obviously, it's the Zeta Gundam. It's Duh. Just, it, I'm clapping. It's just so cute. Zeta's, I love the Zeta. Zeta's cool. It's so cool. It's just Dorito. Um, <laughs> did, you, did, did you catch the like little contest they mentioned at the end of the segment? Yeah, where, where they're like, and now if you can name all of these, and they just threw like a million of them up on the screen yeah. at one time. If you name all of these suits, you mail it to Side 6, Colony 23, you want a vacation to Jupiter. And I'm like, yeah, dude, I want to do that. I want to mail that there. Then the kids, like, scold the narrator for that. Yeah, it's like, don't pull my leg. I'm also, I look, I'm also scolding the narrator because I would, I would very much like Paptimus Sirocco to take me on a vacation to Jupiter and, and you know, slurp some of that good H3 they're harvesting up there. Yeah, just turn, turn us into soup and we'll be fine. Mm, gosh, I'm just, I'm so ready. I'm so ready for whatever Double Zeta does with the soup. I cannot wait to be embroiled within it. Um, <laughs> what's the next segment, Jake? After, after the robot part? Then after that, they just kind of like, hey, you know how you're going to watch the next episode? What if we, uh, what if we just t- give you the next episode right here? Yeah, what if we, what if we just like give you the episode and also give you an AMV, like an official Gundam AMV? Set to, like, the first Zeta opening. And it's just like, this is a fever dream of an episode. It is so wild, and I love it. It's so good. It's like, at first, it's like all the Gundam girls, and then it shows the Gundam dudes. And it's just like, I just... Look, when a show does an official AMV, I have no choice but to stand. Like, I'm already so in. I, I It's just silly how people think that, like... You know, I, I feel like this sort of... Less so nowadays, but the classic Double Zeta's discourse is that it's, like, too silly and too much of a tonal shift from Zeta to Double Zeta. But, like, nah, bring the silliness on. I want to have a good time. Hell yeah. I want to get goofy with it. Let's get silly. Let's just get a little silly. And and it does explain, um, it, it, it does explain how, like, the sides are collections of, like, I think, like, around 30 or 40 colonies on these things called Lagrange points, which is where the gravity of the sun, moon, and earth is in balance. And I think there's seven of them, or eight of them, and they're, like, moving in elliptical orbits around these points, orbiting the earth, I think, between the earth and the moon. It's it's world-building, um, and it is why the opening 
uh, of this podcast for the double Zeta will be the guitar solo from ZZ Top's Lagrange because that's just a very <laughs> funny double layered pun. I love that. Yeah, and then and then we get after the episode previews, we get to hear it. We get to hear Anime Janai. Anime Janai. <laughs> I can't I can't do that like Carly Rae Jepsen ass want you in my room robot voice myself with my human mouth but I would very much like to try and I love Jake I love this song so much oh my god so um I I kind of mentioned this in um our chat but mm. like I uh I originally started to watch Double Zeta and mm. was was a fool who took everybody's advice when, when people were like nah I just skipped Char's, Char's counterattack mm-hmm but, but I always loved the opening song. It the is, opening song stuck with me. It was my favorite Gundam opener. It honestly, of the UC trilogy openings, it also might be my favorite just because how much of a bop it is. It's so good. It's silly, but it's so good. It's like you, you, you get this really nice like piano going down in the beginning, and then you hear, you know, the titular Anime Janai. You know, saying it in the robot voice, the call and response. And it just becomes like this really like rockin' jazz anthem. Oh, oh, it's really good. Maybe I'll maybe I'll like be a little cheeky and like pipe it in, you know, quietly underneath us as we're talking, like I do on Slappers Only. Just you know, just to get a little backstrick stuff in there. Oh yeah. And you know, as this happens, we see um, just like character profiles that we're gonna see. You know, we see Judah, we see all of his uh, junk trader friends. You know, we don't really need to go over it because I feel like it makes more sense to actually talk about them as we meet them in the show. Yeah. Um, but, but like the last thing I have for this, this episode is that like, as we see Judah looking at the Zeta Gundam, he's like, oh, I read about this in my mobile suit catalog monthly. And I'm like, is this not top secret military technology? Do people just like know about all of these? Yeah. I was wondering about that too. Uh, I think like, like just, oh yeah, this is how you, this is how you pilot the, the Gundam. Yeah, it just it just tells you how to do it. Like, to c- cut, you know, bright Noah on the bridge looking at the Q-Blade. like, oh, shit, dude, I read about this in Sports Illustrated. We got to watch out, dude. <laughs> Yo, Esquire magazine told me this thing got funnels in it. <laughs> it's just it's just such a silly throwaway. I just, I, I'm 100% invested in how silly this show is already. It makes me so happy. One quote that they, uh, they put in, like, the episode summary that they didn't, mm-hmm. I don't think they put in the show. Is uh, mm. they're like all kids are new types, and we're gonna show the adults that. And I was like, oh, yeah, that oh that is like I and 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 like coupling with that, when we see Judo take Camille's hand, he's like, whoa, is this what a new type is really like? So again, I think the idea of a new type is something that's kind of permeated like society at this point. But I I honestly like to imagine it as like a Jedi sort of thing in Star Wars, where like no one's seen a Jedi, they know they Ooh. might exist, and they like are sort of overblown in what they can do. So, like, people are like, yeah, I'm a new type because I'm a kid and I live in space. But then, like, when he actually meets one, he realizes, oh, oh, this is a new type, huh? I'm in the soup now. <laughs> so I, I, I'm excited to see if that actually gets explored in the show of, like, Judah really, like, believing he's a new type but, like, not really learning in it until he actually, you know, becomes the soup himself. That's something, that's like my little, you know, I've written it out a note and tucked it away in a corner of my mind just waiting to open up that treasure box yet again. Hell yeah. Um, well, well, shall we get into our first actual episode of the show? Let's do it. You, you, you got the title down? The title is The Boy from Shangri-La. Which is a ah, cool, cool name. Um, <laughs> so cool. After the Battle of Grips 2, the Argami heads to Sidewan to repair and resupply. Judo Ashta 
I can never say his last name right. Sorry. Let yeah, me right. His, his whole name. Well, I, I, get, I confuse Judo and Judai from Yu-Gi-Oh! Because I'm watching GX at the same time. So I'm like, Judo, Judai, oh, my brain's splitting in two. God, I've done that too. And I'm only just kind of watching along with GX. Yeah. Um, anyways, let me start over yeah. from the top. Yeah. <laughs> After the Battle of Grips 2, the Argama heads decide one to repair and resupply. Judao Ashta, a junk, junk trader, finds an escape pod and retrieves it, only to find Yazan Gable inside. Yazan takes Judao and his friends to the colony spaceport, stealing a truck and taking Fa Yuri hostage along the way. Judao meets Camille, who gives him a bit of the soup. At the dock, Slurp. Yazan... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You're good. Uh... At the dock, Yazan attacks the crew of the Argama as Judah tries to steal the Zeta Gundam in order to sell it. Yazan ends up killing Segusa, bridge member of the Argama. This prompts Judah to chase after Yazan in anger. They end up flying into a junkyard where they face off. Judah ends up using Zeta's grenade launcher to blow up Yazan's mobile worker. But Zeta also runs out of power before Bright and Torres can capture Judah. His friends detonate explosive charges as a distraction, allowing him and incidentally Yazan to escape. Good first episode. It was really strong. It... It has, I think, the perfect mix of, like, showing you all these new characters, and you already sort of get a lot of, you know, we get very little of the main characters in this, but, like, we get enough to know. Like, you know, we get a lot of Judao, but, like, the other three are like, yeah, I still feel like I get their deal already. And also, you know, bridging the gap with Zeta is, like, this is, like, it's, it's interesting, right? It feels weird. I think one of the biggest things to me is, like, the background music is different. We hear some of the old one, but a lot of it's new for Double Zeta, and I'm like... It's so weird hearing new music with, like, the old characters. It really does feel like a good way to, like, you know, bring you over to the next series, which I appreciate a lot. Yeah, I uh, that is something I, n- I noticed, too. And one thing that um, kind of surprised me, since it has been, like, almost ten years now since I watched these, mm-hmm. is this is less of a sequel series than I remembered, and more like... Holy shit, it's just the next episode. <laughs> I know, right? It, it, it literally, like, the name Double Zeta, I feel like, is much more literal because it's just Zeta more, right? <laughs> exactly. I And that's cool. I, I like that the Universal Century series is doing its sequels in two different ways, where one is like, yeah, this is what happens seven years later, and this is what happens seven hours later, right? <laughs> right. It's, it's, ah, oh, just... It's good. Like, you know, so the very first thing, we see Judao Ashta, our, our beautiful baby boy, brown hair, piercing, like, teal turquoise eyes. I'm, I love this dude already. He seems great. Yeah, I, uh, as soon as he popped up on screen, I was just like, oh, he's got my heart. Yeah, yeah, just, <laughs> right away. He's so charming. He's a, he's a little, like, delinquent junk trader inside one. Um, he's skipping school to take care of his sister to make, you know, make money to send her to school. And he does this. By going out in space in his little petite mobile, grabbing uh, debris and taking it back to sell it. And what he's essentially doing is he's like, you know, cleaning up after the Battle of Grips too, because there's Hyzaks everywhere. And he's like, yeah, it's 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 free real estate. And <laughs> it, in his petite mobile, he sees a a little red orb that if if you if an eagle-eyed listener, eagle-eyed watchers of Zeta will know is the orb that Yazan escaped out when his Humperabi was blown up. And we don't know that yet, obviously. We just see it as an escape orb. Um, but he takes it back to side one uh, in his little, you know, his little uh, petite mobile. I always confuse petite mobile and mobile worker, but I guess they're kind of the same thing. Okay. They're pretty yeah. close. They're close. <clears throat> as he pulls in the escape pod, we see the, like, big yellow hair. Mm. And I, I, <laughs> I, I forgot about Jared's fate because um, instead of watching along with Double Zeta or with Zeta, um, I was mm-hmm. a bad kid and only listened to the episodes, and I hadn't listened to the finale episode when I watched these. Mm-hmm. Right. So I was like, 
big yellow hair. Is that? And then I was like, oh no, it's the it's the other one. <laughs> and, I mean, you say oh no, but like Yazan is probably my second favorite Zeta character because he's just such like an absolute. He's a rat who got turned into a human. That's like his the encapsulation of his character. He's great, but he's not my boy. And I forgot what happened to my boy. Yeah, for a little bit. Yeah, there. Uh, he just yeah. I mean, as we all know, the best character in Gundam history, Jared, was killed by Camille. He just kind of got pushed into an explosion. Very, very sad. Very, very disrespectful. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so it's... it's This scene is... Well, uh, yeah, and I think, like, we cut over. We see the Argama trying to dock at side one. And they're, like, trying to charge them money for it. Even though they're, like, you know, war hero ship Argama. But, you know, side one is like, this is this is the Shangri-La I've been hearing about. I hate this place already, says, you know, one bright Noah. Uh, but, the, but the scene in the in the hangar is, like, it's Judao... It's um, Eno is his buddy, who's like the other guy with him. And then Beecha and Mondo roll up. And and they're like, let's see. So, so yeah, Judao, he's like the brown curly hair boy with the, with the teal eyes. I think like Eno just has like regular, like lighter brown hair. He's, he's like, I think the most nondescript of all of these. Yeah. Um, Beecha has like long orange hair and he's wearing this cool like sort of shawl. Um, and Mondo has like darker hair and darker skin. Uh, he, I think he has like sort of curly hair like Judao does, but like I, I, all of these kids are just cool looking. They look like fun sort of scrappy scavengers. I dig them. Honestly, of of the three buddies, I think Mondo is my favorite just because he like he gives a shit less than the other three, and they already don't give a give a shit at all. Yeah, like I think the only thing we ever see Mondo do is like blow up an entire junkyard. So I'm like, okay, this kid is going places. <laughs> <laughs> he blows up a junkyard and makes fun of people. What more could you possibly want? Right? Um, <laughs> so they're like, yeah, Beach is like, you, you shouldn't be grabbing, you know, you shouldn't be grabbing uh, salvage without telling us because we all got to get a cut. Because, you know, Judah's like, if we do it all, just ourselves, we get more of a cut. And Beach goes to open the um, the escape pod and he opens it. And then you see Zan passed out and they're like, oh, that dead body? Oh, there's a man. There's a whole ass dude inside this basketball. What are we gonna do? And as as they're arguing, we see Yazan wake up, and he like grabs Beecha by the scruff or like you know by his chest, and I love, all he like the first thing he does, he like grabs a kid, takes his helmet off, and just starts cackling like a maniac. <laughs> yeah, I love Yazan. He sucks so much. <laughs> this guy's awful. He's wild. He's <laughs> oh, he's. As wild as his pompadour is. Yes. And, like, something, as he does this, we see, like, as he grabs Beecha, Judah does, like, the monkey puppet mouth over, or hand over his mouth thing. He's like, oh, my God. Like, but he looks completely nonplussed that they just, like, found a living dude inside us who's attacking his friend. He's just like, damn, this is crazy. I should put this on, like, Instagram or something. (laughs) World star! World star dude for the vine, he's on! (laughs) And, like, we don't really see... I, I think they hear... Y- Yazan hears them mention that the Argama is docking. Or, no, no. I No, that happens later. Um, We cut over. We see Judao going to his house in, in, in the colony to, like, take his dad's clothes to give to Yazan. And his sister, Lena, is like, you don't do that. You don't know when dad's going to come back. And Judao's like, who get, Who cares? I think his dad um went off to fight in the war. So, like, you know, MIA, who... I, I honestly don't expect to ever see judo's dad i feel like he's not really a character i don't think judo ever does expects to ever see his dad either <laughs> yeah i don't neither does he because he's like who knows when dad's gonna come back and look given the track record of main character gundam dads they're kind of 0 for 2 on good people so i imagine <laughs> they'll be 0 for 3 yeah um 
let's just let's keep it that way. I don't want to see his dad. Um, but he he bikes off with uh, his dad's clothes to give to Zizan. And then we just like cut over to like the beginning of Fast and the Furious. <laughs> yeah. Yazan goes to steal a truck after hearing that the Argum is docked there. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, all right, I've got a plan. <laughs> and the kids are like, okay, yeah, whatever, man. Well, <laughs> his plan is to take a jacket, throw it in front of the truck to blind the guy. As Yazan takes a petite mobile, rockets over to it, grabs onto the side of the truck and pulls out a pistol and is like, yo, get out of the truck, homie. And he he's not smart because no. he, he busts out the window with the petite mobile's like claw. And I was like, mm-hmm. they're going to see that the truck has a busted out window as soon as you pull into the port, man. Like, they're going to know yeah. something's up. Yeah, and like... He and we see the guy like get kicked out and falls out the other side of the truck. And like, I just love Drew out because he's not like he's not shocked that Yazan has like pulled a gun on the guy and hide a truck. He's like, that looked painful and just <laughs> continues driving along. He's like, damn, not gonna ruin my day about it, I guess. These kids don't care, they're they're just this is, little trash boys. They're just little trash boys, and I, I love each and every one of them. They're all my sons. <laughs> um. And, like, what gets Zhidao actually excited is that when they stop the truck, it's full of veggies. And he's like, yes, my vegetables. I'm going to eat them and grow strong. But not only is it uh, full of veggies, it's full of pho? Well, so I think th- th- this that's a different truck, right? Oh, whoops. My bad. I skipped ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, two trucks having sex. Um, <laughs> they, drive <up> to the, <laughs> they drive up to the spaceport. And Yazan, like, sees a sort of ambulance, uh, like, medic truck coming out. And he's like, oh, that must be from the Argama. Let's, like, pull up a side there. And, again, like, this literally does treat it like this next episode. Because we just see Fa driving the truck. And, like, she doesn't get fanfare or anything. It's just like, oh, yeah, look, it's Fa, you know, from the last episode of Zeta. Yeah. Um, And, and they pop up. And, like, Yazan is tossing automatic rifles to these boys. Like, wh- where did he get these? You don't, you don't keep multiple assault rifles in your in your fruit truck yeah uh, well the problem is i don't i i drive like a little compact car i don't drive a fruit truck i oh. guess if i were to drive a fruit truck it probably would come with all those guns yeah the last couple of fruit trucks that i bought the dealership actually supplied me with a few assault rifles oh okay i mean i yeah. guess it's it's kind of a bonus yeah you know it's like it's like a little like a little a little special gift for the owner it's a treat yeah <laughs> um you know as a treat he tosses the gun to all of these kids and you know he like Gets, he he goes to Fa and he like you know kicks her out and like you know he's trying to be rough with her and Judas like she's bro bro she does not have a gun she's like she's just a kid like this don't you know be nice I think um how ooh a question how old is Judas in this scene um, in, in I want to say Judas fifteen Judas fourteen years old is a god damn Judas is fourteen years old and he's holding an assault rifle. I mean, I guess that's, that's, you know what? You know what? I'm not surprised this is, this is Gundam, so. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, but they're like, okay, get her in the back, you know, look around and ask Camille, or ask Camille. See, see, this is what happens, Jake. I'm so used to saying Camille is the main character. It's going to take so long to overwrite that. Because <laughs> even in my notes, I just like defaulted to writing Camille. Because just, you know, he, Judah is the one that does the most. And it's like, oh, he's the main character. He's Camille from Gundam. Um, but he goes to the back. Camille. And. This is, this is, yeah, Camille squared. <laughs> and hey, hey, speaking of Camille, there he is. Just taking a nut nap. Does it t- 
That's what happens when I had too much caffeine too close to bed, but I'm still trying to sleep anyway. I'm just like lying in bed trying to be perfectly still, like emptying my mind, being like, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. It does not work. No. And Camille is there. He is, um, well, he's not doing well, I'd say. You know, the, the reason he's in the back of this truck is because Fa took him there to go to the world's best hospitals inside side one. And like, but he's not fully comatose, is he? No, he, uh, he's, he spent so much time in the soup that his brain just kind of became it. Yeah. And it's like, not only does his brain become soup, but he can like, he can give the soup to others, it seems. Yeah, so he, he reaches his hand up to to Judao, and Judao takes it, and like, they uh, they just kind of like, the birth of a new type. Yeah, so this is this is something, I'm again, another thing I'm tucking away, and I feel like everyone who's fully seen this series is like, you know, grubbing their greedy little mitts together hearing me talk about this. But like, as he grabs Camille's hand, you know, everything fades out, they're in space, and like, a sun rises behind Camille and like, eclipses him sort of, and like... So I'm like, my brain is furiously going a mile a minute. I'm like, did this make, is this like the catalyst to let Judah become a new type? Or like, is this just like what helped Judah realize he's always been a new type? Or like, was he, would he not have ever done new type stuff if Camille hadn't grabbed his hand? And I'm just like, you know, it's absolutely too early to tell because there's literally no other new type things that happen beyond this point for these episodes. But like, I'm just like, what, what in the hell happened here? I cannot wait to find out what Camille did to this poor boy. <laughs> the, the way that I the way that I took it was that it was like the catalyst to turn him into a new type, but we will have to see. That's that's what it yeah. seems like to me. I mean, we've seen that you can sort of become a new type artificially, so presumably it it could also work that you could become a new type, quote unquote, naturally. Is it as if it's a sort of a vampiric thing that you can give it to someone else? But oh. we have seen a vampire so far already. We have seen Dracula, so it's impo- it's truly impossible to say one way or another. <laughs> but they decide, to, well, they decide, Yazan is like, we're going to go to the Argama because they're basically a skeleton crew now because, you know, so many of their wounded are on hospitals here. And be- we get, like, Beach's trick because he's, like, you know, he gives a couple oranges to the guard and he's like, oh, we're going to, we're here to deliver vegetables to the Argama. They're in dock two, right? And the guard's like, oh, you know, dock three. And he's like, oh, my mistake. Sorry about that. Very, very silly. Um... You know, just like, uh, be, 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 a little, be a little trickster bribing the guard. And, you know, <laughs> if you gave me, like, three or four oranges, I would let you simply do whatever you want. It's your choice. More power to you. <laughs> oh, an I, I, a important note here is that the orphans, Shinta and Kum, were with Fa when the truck was hijacked, but they jumped out real quick and, like, they hid under it. So now the orphans are, like, trying to race ahead back to the Argamas dock to tell Bright that, like, yo, uh, Minion Man's on his way here uh, right now. <laughs> And, and Bryce just like fuck off, kids. I'm busy. Yeah, he does not care. He's just he's just like get out of here, you pests. It's like you would think that these kids would know by now because they've seen so much action. Like they're not going to be calling Wolf on like you know someone trying to take over the ship. It's like you would think that at like the absolute lowest point in the Argama, it's been like nearly destroyed. He would be a little wary of it, but I guess not. I guess I guess I guess Bright's fully brought into the silliness of Zeta or of Double Zeta, so who can who could possibly blame him? <laughs> right. Um, let's see. There's a, a cute little cut in, uh, like in the back as they're driving there. Faz asking Judao, like he's like, why didn't you tell him that someone was in the back? And Judao's like, only a coward would take an injured person hostage. So you know, Judao is a little ra- a little scoundrel, a little rascal, but also he got a heart of gold. He's a nice yeah. boy. He's got he, he, he's got morals. He, th- yeah, what a con- what a concept. 
<laughs> um, and uh, uh, we also get this is like the half episode point, and like you know, in Zeta, the half episode point is that little like we see Zeta flying in. It's like the da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. um. In this one, it's like Zeta doing a really sick power stance, holding big gun, and I'm like, yes, love to see cool robots. He's doing a very nice pose. The, the, his legs are wide. Oh yeah, they could. He, he says, "Could white trash do this?" And he does the he does the Charlie <laughs> Kelly pool pose. Um, <laughs> so yeah, there there's a hostage situation because the truck makes it to the dock and it's like floating because it's you know like at the edge of the gravity. And Beat is on the like megaphone trying to like be threatening, but he's like, "Can he's like, how's the weather? Um, we're we're here to to take down your ship. We have a hostage. Uh, fee no fa yuri. Like and the whole time, Judas like, bro, get it together, please." Yeah. He he scolds him for like not sounding professional enough, but he also still has the microphone on, so everybody's hearing yeah, Judas also. The, the whole thing is. <laughs> It is is oh god it's 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 a comedy of errors um how old is Beecha let's find out Beecha yeah. is fifteen so probably the oldest of this group likely which, uh, isn't he, saying much he is the boss quote unquote he he's he's the boss so we have to respect him and I respect him I think he's cool I like his cool shawl yeah yeah it's sick um and and then. God, Shinta and Coom are like, we're going to help this hostage situation because Yazan rockets out in a petite mobile and he's like flying around, causing problems, attacking people. And the orphans are like, hmm, let's grab a gun and shoot him. Yeah. He's like five-year-old kids. This is not a good situation. <laughs> and it's such a big gun that the two of them work it together. Yeah. And and, and it, oh God, it's just, I, it's half of me is like, these kids should not be having a gun, but also it's like, oh, but they're really cute, aren't they? <laughs> aren't they? Um, Yazan calls out to Judao and the gang and he's like, are you going to help me or not? And and they're like, you know, none of these 14, 15 year olds want to shoot automatic rifles at people. So <laughs> they're like, we didn't come here to kill anybody. <laughs> but Judao has an idea. So he has all of his buddies start throwing the oranges. And then... <laughs> so many oranges. They just start pelting the crew of the Argamo with oranges. And uh, everybody is like, ah, what the fuck? And then like one guy's like, ah, cabbage! And gets hit in the face with the cabbage. And then my favorite guy, the one I can relate to the most, one guy just has a handful of orange, like an armful of oranges, like curled up in his hand, and he's just eating one. Like all this shit's going on. Somebody's flying a petite mobile, trying to like wreck stuff. They're throwing oranges at the crew, and he's just like, "I'm gonna have a snack." I don't want to get space scurvy. I need my daily dose of vitamin C. We ran out of vitamin C tablets in the Battle of Grips too. Sorry, Bright. I need to eat this right now, or I'm going to like get a space disease. <laughs> he's just like, he's like, "Sorry, I'm hungry." I, sorry, Bright, me hungry. Sorry about it. This is how it be. Oh, I was going to say, in Judo, um, he's like, I'm going to steal the Zeta without hurting anyone. And yeah. immediately does a Guy Sensei dynamic entry kick to Bright, yeah. Bright Noah in the chest. Yeah. He's just like, boom. Bright gets his ass kicked so hard in this episode. It is so good. As he as he spies Zeta, he does like get a flash to Camille. He's like, whoa, that was weird. Anyway... Like, you know, he doesn't really get it at first. Um, surely it means nothing. It's, it's probably nothing. He, um, and he, he, he tries to get in and he like, kicks Bright and like Bright has a gun. He kicks the gun out of Bright's hands and he gets in the cup and he's like, whoa, why do I keep on feeling that kid? So he's like starting to think something's up with the Zeta Gundam. And Bright is like, what are you doing in this? And Judah's like, 
uh, I'm going to sell it for a fortune. And it's like, yeah, dude, sell the weapon of war and make money off of it. <laughs> he screams it in his face. He's like, I'm going to sell it for a huge profit. Does he like headbutt Bright after this too? I think he like does something to like knock Bright away for like the fourth time. I think he like kicks him in the chest again. Yeah, just, just get his ass. Take him down. I love it. And we get the whole time this scene going on, we get this like insane like slap bass like uh, like like high energy battle theme that's just really really fun to listen to. Oh, it's so good. I love the music in this show already. It's great. Um, we and he's like, yeah, I'm gonna send my sister to school with his money. So he's trying to get. He, he's trying to like operate Zeta, and like the cockpit won't close at all. He's having problem, and he, like Yazan ends up knocking Torres because Torres gets into Petite Mobile as well and fighting them. And Torres, you know, one of the two like Argama Bridge crew that actually has names and characters. And he's fighting Izan. He ends up getting like knocked out of the uh, petite mobile, and they're 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 all tussling. Um, we see that like Saigusa, who's the other sort of Argama Bridge crew, is like he gets fought out of the truck, and Izan is like, "No, you can't let us lose the hostage. That's our bargaining chip." And he like flies over, and then like the episode takes a bit of a turn. I think. Oh yes, yes, it certainly does. <laughs> so the petite mobile has like a. Uh... It wasn't called a beam saber. It's called more like a beam... It's like a beam cutter, kind of. Beam dagger. Yeah. And uh, he's like, yeah, he just fucking Assassin's Creed's him. He, like, I didn't realize what happened at first, because we don't see, like, you know, blood or cut up or, you know, stuff like that. Um, But, like, they're like, did he just kill someone? And, yeah, he killed Saigusa. And, like, I don't think we've ever heard this fool's name before. So, like, me saying he's part of the Argama Bridge crew, we've seen him do things. Like, you know, he got put in jail and he talked. He asked Camille about the Hong Kong porn. But, like, that was it, right? He didn't really do anything in Zeta. But, like, he's just killed, you know. And, like, this is, like, a sort of catalyst for Judao, too. Because Judao's like, I, I hate adults. All they do is fight and kill and get in the way. And now he's, like, starts to keep... Judao's a little... Well, being a little angry about this, and I would too. Yeah, he uh, he gets a little, a little pissed, a little, a little pissed I off. Mean, right, rightfully so. Oh, absolutely. But but like he's trying to operate Zeta, and Yazan, you know, flies up. He's like, if you're not, if you're gonna take Zeta, I'm gonna take Zeta. Like I deserve this. And he ends up like, Judo uh, gets Zeta to stand up, and it, like does like a comedy, like pokes his head through the wing of the Argama, and the guy's like, we just fixed that. Come on, dude. <laughs> yeah, that, Come on. That fucking cracks me up. It's just so funny and silly. It makes I I re- really genuinely love it. It's so great. Um, and he, he basically like I think he starts chasing Yazan around in here. Like they're like fl- fighting in this hangar that's really small, right? Like Judas barely able to figure out how the Zeta works. He's like firing off the leg verniers, and he ends up like punching an entire hole through the wall of it as Yazan like flies out through, it and he has to give chase because he's like, "No, you killed an adult. Like I'm gonna beat your ass, homie." And then at one point, um, while he's still fumbling and trying to figure out how to control it, he starts like taking off through the uh, through the corridors in in mm. the side one. And Yazan's like, "What are you running away?" He's like, oh, "I'm not meaning to. Yeah, <laughs> not on purpose. I do not know how to control this. <laughs> it's are just, you running uh, away? It's... Yes, technically, <laughs> not by choice. Um, God, it's great. And like." They're flying around, and they, like, end up escaping, like, into, like, the airspace of, of the colony. And they fly towards a junkyard, and they kind of land. And, like, I guess because Yazan sees a bigger mobile worker there. It's, like, yellow and black stripe. Like, it's, like, you know, it's construction equipment. And, you know, and Judao lands as well. And he's, you know, getting ready to fight. And he, like, accidentally presses a button and, like, shoots out a beam saber. But he can't catch it in time, and it rattles on the ground. Yazan picks it up and 
he's fighting some more. Yudan has the beam saber activated. He's like trying to like, you know, stick it into the cockpit to kill Judao. And Judao somehow accidentally gets the cockpit closed. So like he, he's like, oh, I'm scared. It's getting hot in here. Because Yudan is like cooking him like a rotisserie chicken in there. I guess because like, <laughs> I, I think it's because since the Zeta is so low on power, the beam sabers don't really, they aren't weren't able to like recharge or anything like that. So it's not really, you know, it can't cut through the Zeta right now. It is just doing damage to it. It's just a little spicy. It's just a little, a little picante. <laughs> and in in the struggle, as Judah's trying to grab the beam saber, he accidentally, like, shoots off one of the wrist-mounted grenade launchers on Zeta, which, like, blasts uh, Yazan's mobile worker in two. And he falls out, and he's like, I've been defeated yet again by a Gundam. This sucks, <laughs> dude. <laughs> as he's just, like, laying on the ground in shame. Oh, poor Not Yazan. again. Not again. Bury me with my money. <laughs> you meddling kids in that Gundam too. <laughs> and I think at this point, Bright and Torres and everyone have like driven down there. And in like, you know, Judo stands up after the fight, but he can't move because the Zeta's like, I think, fully out of power. Yeah. And this is like Bright like springs into action and gets in a petite mobile and flies up to it. And he like shoots the tether of the petite mobile. Like it think it's just like the tow cables of a snowspeeder from Star Wars. That's what I put in my notes too. I was like, I was like, Bright, watch Star Wars. Yeah, Bright's, Bright knows how to take down AT-AT, and he does it. He just trips Zeta as it's, like, kind of tumbling backwards. And then, like, you know, Judo gets out, and uh, Torres has a gun on him. He's like, please, please do not steal our Gundam. Come on, dude. Use your head about this. <laughs> so, like, what do you think you are doing? <laughs> this, is, this is unwise, my boy. <laughs> and seeing that Judo's in trouble, uh, Bicha and... Um, e- Eno, Bicha and Eno and Mondo are there, and, like, Bicha has Mondo detonate these, like, just big-ass C4 charges that are all around the junkyard, and, like, Judo takes this moment to, like, run off and escape, and Yazan does, too, and, like, you know, Yazan doesn't escape with them, because, you know, they're enemies at this point, right? They've seen what he do. Yep. Um, They escape, and, you know, oh, yay, the day is saved, and, like, you know, the Argama gets Zeta back, and we get one final scene in this episode. We see a uh, big green ship... Mm. With some guys in green outfits approaching side one. Mm. And like they, they, they fire off a little a little briefcase. And this was so funny to me, right? Because I was like, the only ever time we've seen a briefcase floating in space was in 0079 when it was full of gold bars. And I didn't realize how right I was. <laughs> um, but that's skipping ahead a little bit because that was episode. And now this is episode because we are on... Episode 3 of Double Zeta. The Night of the Endra. So, in this episode, an Axis ship, the Endra, docks at Side 1. The Argama is towed into Side 1 in order to hide it from Axis. The commander of this ship, Mashmir Shella... Mashmer. Mashmer is how to pronounce it. I always forget. Mashmer Cello catches wind of this and decides to fly out to capture Zeta as a gift to his waifu, Haman Karn. As this happens, Judao sneaks aboard the Argama, tries to steal Zeta Gundam himself. As Mashmer attacks, God, it's so hard to say that name, <laughs> Fa flies out in the Methus, and Judao once again takes Zeta to protect Fa. He ends up dueling Mashmer, which ends in Mashmer humili- Mashmer's humiliating defeat. Judao returns Zeta Gundam to the Argama and leaves, vowing that he'll return yet again to steal it. God, Jake, I think I found another guy. <laughs> I love this boy. And did did you watch the episode preview after episode two? Uh, I 
didn't I I try not to do previews because I feel like it spoils quite a bit for Gundam. That's true. Um, I I only watched it when I rewatched them today just uh-huh. to see if there's anything of note. Yeah, and it's got Judo talking over like the clips for the next time on. Oh shit, and, that's good. And he he's like he gets confused and he's like a guy named Marshmallow. What? <laughs> and he's like, oh, it's it's Marshmallow. But like just the fact that they called him Marshmallow. That's I'm never going to not think of that when I see him now. No, yeah, I mean I'll I give it a week until I start just calling him that because it'll be easier than saying Mashmer. <laughs> it really will. Mar- Marshmallow Cello. Oh, that that's alliterative and rhyming too. I love well, it. That's kind of fun. Um, yeah, but yeah. So like I said, the only other time we've seen a briefcase in space was in 0079 when Char sends Sela like a briefcase full of like cartoon gold bars, and literally the same thing happens because Mashmer sends a briefcase of cartoon gold bars to the people of Colony One asking if they can dock there, even though they're the enemy Axis. Well, you see, his waifu is a huge fan of Char, and she heard about <laughs> Char doing that, and he's like, I can impress her by. It's the exact same tactic. And it works because, like, we see this, like, room of suits in Colony 1. They're like, like, but this Axis is the enemy. And he's like, you're never going to get far if you don't take bribes like this. He's like, he's like, but the Argum is here. He's like, yeah, but money. But there's a but there's a cartoon briefcase of gold bars here. What do you want from me, dude? And so everyone knows that they're going to let Axis dock there. And this guy, um, Chimotter is his name. Very strange name. He like heads over to the Argama and he's like, "Yo, Captain Bright, what's up, homie? Big fan of yours." Um, Axis is docking here. We gotta go. <laughs> yeah. And and like you know they can't fly out because the Argama is totally trash. But like if the Axis sees Argama, it's gonna be a fight because you know they're sort of on the opposite sides of this war. You hate to see it. That's how they do. That's how they do. But the sort of plan they hatch is that Chimadar is going to get a, a tug. To basically, like, pull the Argama into side one so, like, the Axis can't really track them or detect them. And, like, I think as this happens, as they're pulling the Argama in, um, Mashmer inside um, the Axis ship, like, sees, they're like, did you see that uh, a warship being towed in? <laughs> um, God, and then we just get, like, this wonderful character introduction for this fool. He is standing there, like, sniffing a rose at his lapel to his jacket, and uh, he's just the most elegant beautiful man and he he's james from pokemon yes yes he is he's like long purple hair he's always blushing always has this like blurry bloom filter on him this guy is the biggest simp in the entire world (laughs) you know what you're right he is he is he is oh he is haman karn's one number one subscriber on twitch he doesn't he gives her so many gift subs i don't know how twitch works he just, oh my gosh, he's like a top tier moderator for her chat. This guy is the, like, th- this is the, like, the dude. This is the proto-simp. I love this guy so much. I I never really thought about him as, like, as the super simp, but uh, super yeah. simp marshmallow, I like it. Super simp marshmallow. <laughs> Can't say that on Twitch anymore. Um, And he's like, I will, I am here. I am here. I, I feel like he speaks in a British accent in the in the dub, just in my head, because he's that kind of guy. He's like, I am here to ensure that side one will take Haman Khan's side in this war, my lady Haman. And I, oh, God, I love this guy so much. He sucks. He sucks, but he's so good. Um, oh, whew. Um, 
I think I think after this we cut over, we see Judao and the gang like climbing a mountain of trash to sneak back up to the spaceport. They got a Petitma with them. They're gonna steal Zeta again because why you know, it's free real estate. They gotta get this damn robot so they can sell and make money and send Lena to school. Why wouldn't you know? I would, I would do the same thing too, I think. Absolutely. Um we get we get a new character here also. Because we see Lena, who runs up, and we've seen Lena before, but Lena's Judah's sister. She has the same eyes as him. And with Lena is this girl, Elle. Elle is cool. She has, like, this, like, pink-on-pink leotard and, like, extremely 80s, like, top ponytail hair. Like, I look at her and I'm like, now that is a cool girl who does, like, the cool, like, bubblegum pop-in classes assigned a disrespect to her teacher. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> um... Do you do you do you have any siblings, Jake? I have uh, two younger brothers. Okay, so have you ever had like a sort of like funny sibling argument? Oh, all the time. Because like that's all that Judah and Lena are. It's just like funny sibling arguments, and I'm the oldest of four, so I'm just like, this is what it's like, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. It really is. It really do be. They do be because they're arguing and. You know, Lena's like, stop doing this stupid theft and, and, and junk trading to get money for me. Like, do honest work, like dishwashing or babysitting. And Judah's like, on it, like, no, like, you know, I got to do this because this is something that you can't be doing. It's far too dangerous. And she's like, okay, if it's dangerous, then why are you doing it? And he's like, I don't want you to be like me. And, and like, we, we we cut over to Eno and Mondo being like, big brother, little sister. Oh, and they like hug and like all cartoony. And I'm like, this is... Every character is a goofball. It makes me so happy. Oh, God. I love this. I love this crew. The wiki calls them a crew of misfits. And I'm like, yeah. Absolutely. These dudes came from the island of misfit toys. 100%. (laughs) And and they're interrupted by the tug pulling the argument in into, like, you know, the airspace of of the colony. And Judah's like, once again, it's free real estate. Because he jumps in the petite mobile and, like, starts to fly up to it. And everyone's like, you know, everyone's running and he ends up using the toe to like hitch a ride onto the Argama like Spider-Man does. That is exactly what my notes say, too. He Spider-Man's his way up there. He does. <laughs> um, we, we cut we cut yet again to the boy, Tabashmer. He is this dude is so sparkly. He is like Edward Cullen wishes he was this sparkly. I mean, he doesn't. But like, you know, the, the level of sparkle you see va- Twilight vampires have is nothing compared to Mashmer. He is like a billion Instagram filters at once. I feel like he probably has, like, a uh, glitter-filled like uh, cologne that he uses. So oh, my God. He sprays it on his face so that he's more sparkly. I, yeah, it checks out. I, 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 yeah, no, that's it. That's it. He he is, God. He, and, and he's, like, looking at, like, all the access suits in the hangar of his ship. And he's, like, comparing them to a rose. And he's just, like, th- like thinks back to when, like, and this is almost certainly, like, his version of the events, thinking back to when Haman gave him this rose. And he's like, all I want is to do this for her smile. And one of the one of the uh, hangar workers there is like, you've had that rose for a long time. And he's like, I had it laminated. <laughs> yeah, I had it. I had it sealed. God, just a favor, a favor from milady. <laughs> this... They're, the showrunners are trying so hard to get this, me to like this character more than I like Jared, and I feel I fear they'll succeed. <laughs> I mean, so far, I, I so far he's a pretty funny guy. He, I, I like I like the him. I, I I like the him. I like the him. Um, and he's like, mm, I will capture the Argama merely to see my lady smile, and he decides to do this by getting into 
our first cool new robot. The Gallus J. The Gallus J. This thing I like quite a bit. So it is, how would, how would we describe this, Jake? It's like this nice two-tone, like dark army green. You have a lot of verniers on it that have the sort of red on the inside, but like purple on the outside. Um, it has a very sort of like sharp, you know, a, a sharp axis face with the mono eye camera inside. A sort of like, you know, point on the top. And it has like, for, for some reason, one of its hand is, is like red fingers. Um, I think the red fingers are, if I remember right, I think that means they're like an experimental suit, something like Ooh. that. Um, I could Nifty. be wrong. Um, um, oh, no, just kidding. I think they just have like guns inside them. Oh, well, still cool. So it's either a prototype or it just means they have guns inside them. Probably both. Um, but yeah, this thing, I think this thing looks sick as hell. It's real chonky, too. Like, it's got, like, thick yeah. legs, thick arms, thick shoulders. Like, this guy, it kind of looks like a like a football player. Like, he's all just, like, he's got these huge shoulders, and he's, like, all buff and, like, kick my ass. Yeah, just a real, a real Tom Brady of a mobile suit, this guy. <laughs> there we go. I And, like, th- this thing is completely, like, under construction. It does not have any weapons inside it. It's being serviced. It does not even have a closed cockpit. But he flies up and, like, wrestles the mechanic out of it. And he's like, it's fine. I want to I want to be in the open air anyway. This dude is driving, like, the equivalent of a Jeep Wrangler that has no doors or windows. <laughs> like, yeah, it's drivable, but it's stupid and dangerous and you look like a jackass. <laughs> so, sorry to any of our listeners who prefer to drive their Jeep Wrangler without any doors or windows, but, like... Come on, it's winter right now. Don't be doing that. Don't be doing that. Just every single thing we see of Master, I love him more and more. All he wants to do is like do an honorable fight for his lady. They're like, it's not ready. He's like, I don't care. I don't care. Let me in the Jeep Wrangler suit, please. And he he says his skills will make up for the lack of weapons it has, which is, you know, oh boy, this ought to be good. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. And and we cut over. Oh my god, I love this next scene so much too, right? Because we cut over and we see um, Judah sneaking aboard the Argama and Captain Bright. What God? What does Bright do in this scene? Oh god, he makes me so upset. So he <laughs> he sees um, he sees him sneaking aboard on the cameras, and they're like, "Should we do something about it?" He's like, "No, let him." He kind of reminds me. And then we get like a flashback clip of Amaro sneaking into the Gundam, and then we get a a, a flashback of. Camille sneaking into the Gundam Mark II, and I'm like, he's trying to make it happen again. No, no. Like, Bright, 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 Captain Bright, (laughs) do not let him do this. You saw firsthand what happened to those two. You, you, you are like the, I think Bright is the main villain of Gundam because he just lets this happen. He sees a boy and a robot and he's, and he just rubs his greedy little mitts together and he's like, yes, more boys than Gundams. Ha ha. Wow. Cool protagonist. Wow. Cool boy that turned into a weapon of war. We love to see it. Don't we? It's just the most ir- God, Captain Bright is so stupid. Why? I mean, the show has to work, right? The show has to happen, but not like this. Yeah. Not like this. Just like, let him not see him. But, you know, he lets him. It's fine. Yeah. Judah's sneaking around. He he ends up, like, sneaking into the mess hall where Shinta and Kum are making sandwiches for everyone. We get Haro. Our boy is back. Haro's here. He's floating around telling them to work harder. <laughs> yeah, he's... Haro's a little shit right now. 
Haru is a slave driver. He's like flapping. He's all angry. He's all angry at at Shinta, and he like gets a toast mouth. He does like like because there's like slices of bread flying everywhere, and one of them lands in Haru's mouth, and he's just like, "Work harder, work harder, toast mouth, toast mouth." And like as 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 Judo sneaks in, the toast is flying out of the room, and then Haru's like, "Intruder alert! Intruder alert!" And Judo like dives in, and I think um I think it's Torres. No, it's it's someone. It's not Torres. It's it's I. He look, looks markedly... If it's Torres, they forgot how to draw him for this scene. But, like, some bridge crew <laughs> guy walks in. And he's like, you know, can I want to go out and fight. Can you give me some more food? And they're like, you've had you've had your fourth fourth serving already. Like, just take toast and leave. And, like, Judo is Spider-Man pinned to the top of, like, the door frame, Like, waiting for this guy to leave. And the kids are cool. And the kids are like, yeah, we'll keep your secret. I really... I'm so much more endeared to... I'm so much more endeared to these kids. Like, because... I, I, when I saw them in Zeta, right, I was just like, why do we need more moral orphans? But I feel like they're sort of occupying a separate niche, not only because they're sort of like fourth wall breaking bit in the um in the recap episode, but also just because they're like immediately cool with a new boy. And they shouldn't be, right? Because, again, they don't realize that Camille maybe is not good right now. <laughs> yeah. But like... But they're also, like, just cool with him being around. They're like, yeah, we, like, want you to fight. And, again, I, it almost certainly is, like, a representation of how they've been so desensitized to violence. They're like, someone needs to be in the Gundam and fight. But, like, it's just, uh, you can't help but love these lovable scamps. <laughs> I, I like the kids. They're good to me. They're good kids. I, I like them. Like you were saying, at first when they showed up in Zeta, you were like, you know, I, I was kind of like, oh, of course they have to they're, they have to have another set of kids because Gundam had them. But... I ended up liking them a lot more. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 wonderful. Um, but as this happens, as the guy leaves, Astonage walks in, who's like you know the mechanic, and he sees Judo, and he's like, "Oh, intruder alert!" And like you know, he's running around, and then as this happens, like the actual alarm is raised on the Argama because Mashmir flies in, buzzing the ship, being a being a little asshole, and he's like. He's, like, standing on top of the Argama. He's waving the beam saber around the bridge. Like, he's asking for, like, a full unconditional surrender. No one needs to get hurt. He just wants to, like, simply steal the entire ship for Haman. Please give me your ship. Just please. I I deserve it. It's for my lady, Haman. She'll be very happy. She'll give me a smile. Maybe maybe she'll even date me one day. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> um, God. And, like, as this happened, this is so stupid because Drudow... Grabs like just a a, a Hanna Barbera ass acne stick of dynamite and like flies up to the leg of the Gallus J and like just plants it on there and lights the fuse. Yeah, he's like he's like, hey kids, watch this. Check this out, dude. He pulls out like a stick of dynamite from Hammer Space, and the crazy thing is it works. Yeah, it completely knocks the Gallus off of the Argama. And like it's just God, I love Mashmare so much. He's like beefing it. And it's just so stupid. And then um, Bright gives Fa the order to fly out in the Methus to, you know, to fight, to get rid of this fool. Um, and as this happens, the orphans are leading uh, Judao into the Zeta to, to take off and fight as well. Because he's simply allowed to do it, I guess. Because he reminds him of Amaro and Camille, the totally normal, healthy boys. Oh, Captain Bright, you asshole. And like I think Astonaj is in the uh is in the hangar. He's trying to stop Judao. And it's like, I'm here to fight, bro. And eventually Bright gets on the horn too, talking to him. He's like, Do you know how to fight? 
And Judah's like, nope, but I'm going to try. And Bright's like, are you sure about this? And Judah's like, nope, but I'm going to try. <laughs> nope, but I got spunk. Yeah, he's like, well, now that you mentioned it, I really don't think this is a good idea, but I don't, I'm, I'm kind of in too deep already. I jump in the deep end. <laughs> exactly. Um, And like, and yeah, and, and, and Bright's helping him. And like, you know, Mashmare's about to strike Fa with a beam saber. And like Zeta flies in, like kicks it in the chest. And I, I don't really appreciate that like the first time we see Fa in combat is like she gets immediately saved by the dude because like you know I'd like to see Fa actually do things but like you know they had wave it away saying it's the Methus's damage so it can't really fight well and also it is nice that Bright like immediately said Fa go out and fight I mean I'm not going to read into that as her being the only one who can still fight I'm simply going to believe that Bright knew that Fa was the best person to fight in the situation, and I'm just not going to read into it any more than that. Yeah, and then uh, I got so and I got so like, eh, when Judah was like, he showed up. He's like, "No, you go run away. You, the experienced pilot, me, the yeah. boy who literally just admitted to knowing nothing, can handle this better than you. <laughs> you don't know how to pilot this suit, dude. Maybe just let Fa help you. And yeah, like, do two on one. That will definitely be a yeah, win. Seriously." And he kicks Mashmer away. And, like, Mashmer doesn't care because he just starts pontificating. He's like, ah, oh, to live, a lion will kill, will use all his strength to bring down a rabbit. By this rose, so I swear, I have a duty to answer to its scent. He's a freak. This guy is, like, every single word he says, I am just, like, rapt attention staring at him, smiling. He, yeah, he's, uh, he's a mess. He's a mess. He's a guy. And he challenges Judao to a saber duel. And Judo like can't figure out how to use it, so he and, and he just has the Zeta, the double the Zeta not the double Zeta we haven't seen that one yet. He has a Zeta like you know freaking out, reaching its arms around. He's like, oh, you don't like to use weapons? Then hand to hand combat it is. <laughs> he's like, oh, an honorable fight. Okay. This this entire fight is one of my favorite Gundam fights because it's so one sided in that Mashmer thinks it is this honorable fight and Judo is this combat genius who's like ahead of him five steps at every way and Judo is literally I do not know how to fly this thing, bro. I am doing my best. <laughs> he's he's Mr. Magooing his way through the fight. Oh my god, he's yeah. It's like it's it's if Mr. Magoo had the Gundam. And it works! Oh, now I want to see that crossover. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would be... Oh, that would treat me quite right. Um, <laughs> and, like, yeah, J- Judo accidentally activates Dorito mode and flies away, and, and Mashmere's like, Oh, you coward flying away! I think he's turning into Pegasus in my mind for some reason. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, you know. And, like, what's so funny is that he... Like, Mashmere's like, could, you, could this boy be one of these new types I've heard about? It's like, no, bro, he just does not know how to drive the car. So, this reminds me of... Uh... I can't remember where I heard this story, but like these guys who went to a, uh, a smash tournament and mm. they played the way that they just played with their friends and they were beating all the guys who were like really good competitively. And they were like, you're playing wrong. <laughs> they're beating them because they're just playing different. Yeah. It's, it's like, that's the thing, right? Cause like in my competitive Pokemon draft league, it's the same way where there's some people who are so good at the game that I have to like, it feels like the only way I can beat them sometimes is to play suboptimally and unpredictably predictably like an absolute like maniac because that is the only thing that can throw them off their game enough for me to be able to get a win exactly. and, the, and the crazy thing is that works too yeah it, it, it is oh god it's so good like they're in the junkyard fighting and judo like starts start throwing trash and mashmer is like ah oh, i understand your tactics and he like throws like a boomerang shaped piece of metal at him and it like keeps on spinning around like hitting him a couple of times and he like ends up, like, ducking and doing away. And, like, again, Mashmer just thinks he's this, like, absolute, like, tactical genius the entire time. I cannot stress enough how funny... Like, I was genuinely laughing at this fight. It's so good. This fight was hilarious. 
we we cut over we see fa um she's holding all the shangri-la kids in the methus's hand as she's like flying back to the argama or just like i think she's like flying keeping track of the fight but like you know all five of the kids are in like this method's hand like barely you know barely held in there like at least like double cup it right don't just have like the one hand exposed to like you know th- hundreds of feet up in the air where they will surely die if they fall you know what i didn't think about that but yeah what the hell fa? <laughs> come on fa and i i still say hashtag justice for fa and i always Absolutely. will but like don't endanger, don't endanger the kids like this fa um and one of my favorite, I think my favorite part is um, when Judo lands, like, he, he, like they fly around again, and then Judo lands yet again. He lands in, like, the sort of weird, like, catching his balance stance, and Mashmire's like, wow, this boy landing and already in a combat stance. And Judo's like, I can't fly this thing in gravity, this sucks. Yeah. He's, he's like, he's like, oh, what a combat expert. And Judo's like, ah, fuck, what's going on? <laughs> I'm simply fighting, bro. And... They finally, he's like, draw your beam saber. And Judo finally gets to do it. And it's like, you know, wavering. The beam is not fully activated. And he charges him and Judo, like, gets ready to fight. And, like, they end up, they, 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 they're fighting and, like, tussling. And Mashmir, like, you know, is like, I'm going to strike the killing blow on you. And Judo does the same thing and ends up, like, you know, the beam saber, their beam sabers are, like, put together in a Darth Maul configuration. Yeah. And... Mashmer stabs in the ground, but Judah stabs into Mashmer's robot's head. And the cockpit's in the chest, so Mashmer's fine. If anything happens to Mashmer, I'm going to be so sad. Um, but it, like, destroys the Gallus J's head. And Judah has won the fight. And Mashmer, like, flies off in disgrace, fully believed he'd, like, lost this honorable duel by the virtue of Judah just being, like, the more honorable tactical fighter. <laughs> I can't wait to see their, like, their rivalry and their relationship grow. Because it's going to... It's going to be amazing. I can already tell. I really hope that, like, if when Judo fights Mashmer again, I hope that he's worse the second time because he's a better pilot. I like to imagine the only way to beat Mashmer is to fly, literally not know what you're doing and somehow, like, bumble your way to victory. Yeah, Mashmer's actually really good. He just doesn't understand the... the... Yeah, he's really good. He's just stupid. Yeah. <laughs> he's just stupid and horny all the time. <laughs> um... And they all return to the Argama, and Judo drops it off. He gives the keys to Bright. And he, like, walks away. He gets to his petite mobile, and, like, Bright's like, why did you return it? And Judo says, well, I only took it to help you in the fight, but don't worry. I'm going to be back and steal it again. I'm going to steal it fair and square. I love that. He's an honor He's 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 an honor thief. Yeah. Like, that's such a, it's a fun trope. He's, like, he's done nothing wrong, and I hope he never does anything wrong. He never will. I, I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. Uh, we see the Argama, like, cover itself in, like, a mountain of junk. It, like, pushes into it and, like, makes it collapse on itself to, like, fully hide from Axis. And Judah's like, all right, cool. I am writing down the coordinates. I have marked it on my mini-map. I know where to find the Argama so I can steal the Zeta again. Because he's gonna steal the Zeta again. Yep. Um, and then he and Lena drive off in the morning, continue to argue over, you know, what's the right thing to do. Uh, that's episode. I, God, what a good start to double Zeta. God, it was super strong. Even with the nothing happening first episode, that was even good. That was even good because we got the Mobile Suit Variety Hour, whatever the hell it was. <laughs> yeah. We got, you know, whose Mobile Suit is it anyway? Um, and, like, yeah, I, I definitely, I think it's too early on for me to really, like, make any theories or, or, or assumptions or, you know, predictions about Double Zeta. I mean, certainly the crew of the kids is going to end up going to space one way or another. And that's about all I can really glean from this because it's so early on that nothing is really, I feel like more stuff happened in Zeta Gundam at this point. I mean, again, Zeta Gundam had three episodes and this only has two, but like, 
you know, it's it's too early to say what I think is going on, but I am like just I'm fully invested. I love all the new characters so much. I'm super hooked. I I am really appreciating the lighter tone. Um, yeah, and I, I think I needed it after the end of Zeta. Oh my god, right? I I didn't even watch it. I just listened to you three talk about it, and even mm. even I was like, "Whoo! I need I need a uh, whoo." <laughs> Yeah, and and, is, and not only like within the context of Zeta, but also within the context of uh, real life. <laughs> oh, absolutely! I think, I think I could use a little bit of humor and 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 silliness in my life right about now. Oh my god, yes, yeah. Well, well, speaking of humor and silliness, Jake, uh, for for our for our uh, little episode post segment today, uh, I just wanted to like have you go over your like history with Gundam and like, you know, how, how much of the franchise, you know, and, and you know, what parts of the franchise you interact with. I know you're into Gunpla. Um, so, so where, where did you kind of, where did you get your start with Gundam? So I first found out about Gundam, um, at Christmas Eve at my grandma's house when I was very little, uh, my older cousin got Gundam wing endless waltz on VHS Mm -hmm. for Christmas. Uh And I was like, Ooh, what's that? And my mom's like, you're too young to watch that. Um, and I was like, okay. And then next Christmas, he got some Gundam models. And I was like, hey, I remember those. Can I play with those? And my mom was like, you're still too young to watch that. And then a few years <laughs> later, um, G-, G Gundam came to Toonami. And I was like, I was like, ooh, this is the same thing, probably. And I watched it, and I fell in love. And then uh, <clears throat> many, many years later, I got uh, some Gundam games on my PS2 not knowing really the context with the rest of the series, mm-hmm. just uh, enjoying them because they were cool. And then probably sometime in high school, I went and uh, downloaded from totally legal and legitimate sources the yeah. <laughs> the the first series of Gundam and watched through all of that um, and loved it. And then I watched through all of Zeta and I loved it. And then uh, I saw the people online were like, oh, you can just skip double Zeta and just watch Shard's Counterattack. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. And then I did that. And uh, <laughs> so this is my redemption arc. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is your sort of public apology for your past. Yep. And uh, then after that, I watched a few different series. I, uh, I I eventually did watch Gundam Wing because I'm old enough now, Mom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and I then jumped into the, the Gundam Build Fighters series because those were... Some of the newer ones at the time. Mm-hmm. And, oh gosh, my dogs are freaking out. I don't know if you can hear them. Yeah, it'd be like that. Yeah, fine. Okay. Um, <laughs> me. Oh, someone's at my front door, that's why. Oh, that's probably important. Yeah. Um, probably just like, I don't know. There's other people here, though, they can take care of it. <laughs> it's it, it's Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I got into Gunpla uh, when I just happened to visit some hobby store. In uh, mm. when I, after I moved up here to to the town I live in now, I, I almost stalked myself. I was gonna say, oh no, no don't do it, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I lived in a small town and now I live in a big town. That's all I'm gonna say. All right. Uh, <laughs> and uh, then I got into Gunpla and I found out that that store has a Gunpla Club and I've gone to a couple of their meetings and it's been a really cool little community. That is so cool. I really, I'm, I really want to try. Like, I, I, I might be moving in like a month or two. Um, I really want to try and find a place that like has that, like a good hobby shop. I know there's one in like um a bigger town nearby that like has a bigger hobby shop, and like I'm like if, if they have gunplug club, I want to get into it. Like, I want to start painting mine and like doing you know battle damage and stuff like that. Like, God, that would be super know, we're, cool. 
we're recording this the week of Christmas, and I'm, I'm I think I'm getting a, a really nice pair of God Hand nippers. Ooh, um, you know, like the little nice sprue cutters. And I'm just like, I'm gonna buy so many kits after this, and I'm gonna go sicko mode on all of these. So I'm just like thinking of like, yeah, I might just like get some paints and like just go absolutely ape shit and actually really, really try and build a good kit. Um, God, Gunpla is so fun. It is amazing. I uh, I'm currently working on a uh, on a God Gundam. I started it a while ago and then just uh, haven't picked back up on it. But uh, yeah, I'm about halfway through with that, and it's sick. It's a very fun build so far. Funny enough, God Gundam was I think the first Gundam I ever really like knew about. I I distinctly remember um in like elementary school in like fourth or fifth grade I think I got I remember like there was like a, the the battle scarred Gundam action figures. Oh and yeah, yeah. I got well it would have been you know it would have been um Burning Gundam in 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 the West, but mm-hmm. I I begged my mom to get me it and it was like battle scarred God Gundam and I distinctly remember like I have no idea where that is now it's probably been, you know been lost for years but like <laughs> that was like I I remember that was like the very first Gundam I ever knew about. And like you know, I had I had seen Wing, and that was like really all I was into. But like that that's what this podcast is for, right? To like know about all of the Gundam series that like everyone missed out on, and to like give proper official sanction takes on the series because we're never <laughs> wrong; we're always right. Absolutely. And we're here to tell everyone that Double Zeta is a good show, and you have to watch it. It's mandatory. You absolutely should. Do not do not take me as an example. Take me. Do as I say, and not as I do. Exactly, and this is the redemption, because yeah. we're going to end up watching Char's Counterattack, but with the context of the full Universal Century Trilogy be- ahead of us. Hell yes. God, I can't wait. That was nice. Well, I, 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 I don't know about you, Jake, but I am excited to embark on this new soup journey with you into Double Zeta. God, if I, if I didn't have other stuff to do today, I would immediately just start watching the next three episodes. Oh, you have a week? Yeah, <laughs> but I, I, I want to do it right now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, I, I definitely am like, I either watch the episodes right after we record or like right before we record, probably usually both, so it's fresh in my mind, but it's just like, I want to know where this show goes, I want yeah. it to be, oh, I'm so excited, it's going to be good, I want to see the cool robots. Yeah, I, I had a section in my notes that was like first watch, where I just like scribbled a little mm-hmm. like uh, like quick observations or maybe yeah. jokes that I wanted to do, and then, uh, then I had like a second watch thing, and that was like way bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's actually, you know, I've never really done that. I think on the first watch, I just don't take notes at all. And then I just take notes the second time. But like, that's interesting. I feel like getting down your first impressions is a smart way to do that. And I, I, might, I might pick that up for myself, Jake. Yeah, I mean, like the, I think like <clears throat> for for episode two, the uh, first watch notes were like, I think I had like five lines, it looks like. Mm-hmm. And then like almost an entire page for the second watch. Noise. <laughs> Good shit. Um. Well, I guess that will take us uh, about to where we will do our social media plugs for this week. So, Jake, where can we find you on the Internet? Well, you can find me on uh, Twitter.coms at Mr. Jakey Poo. And uh, you can find me on Hearts Against Balance and Kingdom Hearts inspired actual play podcast using the interstitial rule set. I am currently playing as um, Seahawk from She-Ra. And uh, nice. I've played as... Alphonse Elric in my first little uh, mini arc on the show. And uh, uh, you can also find my wife and I on a podcast, Most Foul, where she's reading the books for the first time and I'm rereading them. And uh, I, I promise more episodes of that will be coming out soon. We're on a little mini hiatus because of the holidays. Yeah, yeah. I, I got I, I really, I loved Artemis Fowl so much as a kid. It was absolutely my favorite series. 
It's I, I definitely love I liked it more than Harry Potter. Oh yeah, is, you know, you know. Oh yeah, good shit. Um, well, I'm Max. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, etc. at Maxi Bajillion. Uh, I have a couple other podcasts, namely Pod of Greed, the world's number one and only Yu-Gi-Oh podcast, sponsored by Kaiba Corp, and that's on Twitter at Pod of Greed Cast. And I have a show called Slappers Only, a video game music showdown podcast that is on slappersonlypod.com or Twitter at slappersonlypod. And this show is Wow Cool Robot, obviously. You can go to twitter.com slash wowcoolpodcast. From there, you can find a link to our Noise Space page, which is noisespace.xyz, which is the network we are on. Thank you, Matt GameCube, for that. Check out this and many more shows there. Uh, on our show page, you can find a link to our Discord, which will take you to like our Discord, where <laughs> you can <laughs> hang out, you can chat with us, we can talk about Wario MDMA pills all day long. Wow. Wario. And finally, before we close, Jake, I have an important question for you. Yes. What is your robot of the week? Oh, I was hoping you would ask. And I've been, <laughs> I've been saving this one, hoping that nobody else would pick it. And, uh, my robot of the week is Cubix. The robot for everyone? The robot for everyone. I remember that fool. He was like made of dice or something. Yeah, he was great. I, oh my God. That, I, that's like, Oh my gosh, I remember, like, I'm getting this, like, sense memory, almost, of, like, seeing an ad for him, like, Nickelodeon magazine when I was a kid. Oh, man. Wow, I'm looking at, I'm looking at images of this, and this is actually quite, quite frightening. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit, a bit scary to look at. I, I rewatched some of it recently, and I was like, ooh, this is not pretty, but I love it's, it. It's, yeah, it, it is an extremely early CG TV show, but, like, Cubic's on... A very cool robot. I love the rainbow colors, and I love the white sort of, like, accents over everything. Yeah, Cubix himself looks great. The humans, oh. The, the humans are the real monsters, both in real life and in this show, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> well, Cubix, Cubix joins our pantheon of cool robots of the week. Wonderful. Hell yeah. Sh- shout out Cubix. Um, well, that will do it for us in this inaugural episode of Mobile Suit Gundam Double Zeta. For Wow Cool Robot, thank you again, Jake, for joining us. I had a wonderful time. I am very excited for our take on the soup. Our, I'm sure our spices will mix and meld and, and form something entirely new, which I'm excited for. Oh, I'm super excited to get into this. Well, it's that time, folks. As we say, in the words of Haman Karn's Twitch chat mod, Mash Marcello, war is bad. Wow, cool robot. Thank you, and good night. See you next week. Mwah. Ta-ta. Ta-ta.